What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Empire 161 Show. Season 2, Episode 2. Uh, those who uh, might be on the ledge these days, we're, gonna, we're here to take you off it. That's pretty much what we're doing. We're here to be positive. You guys know that if you've been with us before. But let's, uh, let's jump into that. Thanks for joining us, whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram. We really appreciate it. If you listen to us on the audio-only version, uh, whether it's on you got your podcast on Spotify or if it's on Apple Tunes or iTunes or whatever it is, welcome. Uh, welcome one, welcome all. Um, we have a special guest with us this week. As you notice, uh, if you're watching, Tim is Tim is not here this week. He's got some stuff uh, that, he's, uh, that he's got to take care of. So we got Jerry Schnall here with me. Uh, he's, you know... My best friend over here, he's, he's filling in. He's a huge baseball fan as well. He, you know, has been to zillions of Yankee games, just like just like me. We've been to seeing a bunch of stuff together. Jerry, what's up, man? Welcome. What's going on, Ed? Thanks for having me on. I can't believe you did this. You did this. Um, thank you for having me. And uh, to Tim, we miss you. Thank you, Tim, for allowing me to be a part of, of uh, this great show. Um and Ed, uh, I can't believe you invited me. So let's roll. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, dude. Thanks for filling in. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, hopefully we we have, let's have some fun tonight, man. Let's let's talk some some Yankee baseball uh, as we typically do and and, and often. Um, but let's before we let's jump go. into the yeah, let's jump into the Yankees. Let's uh, do our usual. We've got our our twib. All right. So for if you're new to the show, it's this week in baseball. We cover some topics that are maybe not Yankees related, but it's baseball and we love the game. So, you know, why not? Let, let's jump into it. Uh, so back on uh, April 9th, Joe, Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in Padres history. Thrown, and shocker, the alarm went off and the manager ignored it. Threw 112 pitches. I yeah. mean, that that is few and far in between these days. Uh, Musgrove struck out 10 Ranger batters. And nearly 70% of his pitches were strikes. Uh, yeah. Musgrove threw 112 pitches that night, as I mentioned, with 34 of them registering as sliders. He generated 15 swing, uh, swinging strikes, including eight on his slider. Uh, he also he also got three whiffs with his cutter and his curveball. Um, Jerry, what do what do you? I mean, I don't know how much you got a chance to catch of it. It was it was late night Padres and everything, late night yeah. Rangers. Mm. Uh, I mean, pretty impressive performance, no? Fantastic. Hey, listen, I, I was shocked. And and I'm not going to, people say they're shocked. And, but I really was because he's not a guy that you run after in fantasy baseball. I'm sorry. I think a lot of us had him on the team before and mixed results. For, absolutely. So look at that. The, the San Diego Padres just get this guy off like a waiver wire. Who knows, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's the way we see it. And then he becomes Mr. Mr. Cy Young all of a sudden. So who knows what's going to happen, but it looks like everything's going great for the Padres. Uh, Tatis is back. I didn't catch the game, but it's good to see pitching thriving. Anytime I see pitching thriving in baseball these days, that's pretty awesome. Because as yeah. you know, it's, it's strikeouts, it's home runs. We get frustrated. We talk about this a lot, Ed. So to see a great pitched game with, the, with that stat line is pretty awesome. So... That's great. Congratulations to to the muskrat or musgrove. I don't know. <laughs> Good man. Good man. And in San Diego, 
What does that mean, by the way? I think it may have been lost in translation, but the Germans, I believe it was, think it believes it's called whale's vagina. Yeah, if I'm mistaken. Sense. I mean, yeah. does that make it sound no? Sounds 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 familiar. I don't sounds know. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. But uh no, that's but that's pretty awesome though. I mean, yeah. honestly, all jokes aside, I mean the Padres are putting it together. Some people laughed at them a couple of years ago when they threw a bunch of money at Eric Hosmer when he hit for the free agent market. And then Machado, they gave him $300 million, and people are still scratching their heads like, okay, here comes another shit team uh, throwing out a bunch of money at some random stars. But right. they're they're doing it, man. I mean, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. is one of the most exciting young players in the game. Um, you know, they got Machado playing third over there. I mean, I know you love Will Myers. He's having a solid season. Well. Will Myers. Hey, listen, when I talk about guys like Joe Musgrove being like a fringe waiver wire guy and Will Myers being the fake Tom Brady and his look and all that, it, it's no disrespect. Obviously, this is something where they're at a pro level. We're the investors. We invest our time, our money. So we get to say a few things. So, yes, I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to the Will Myers fund in any, any way, shape, or form all form on that one. So, so disclaimer, I might get on a few people, but it's nothing personal. <laughs> Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Oh, no. For a few people, it's personal. We'll get into that another time, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> well, speaking of which, because well, I was about to say that he's on my fantasy team and we're me and Jerry are in uh, one of the two fantasy leagues that I'm in. He, we're in one together. It's been going on for a while. Pretty awesome league. Uh, Mario's joining us. Thanks, Mario. We appreciate it. We, uh, me and Jerry played softball. Mario. Mario in Queens for years, and he's in our fantasy baseball league, so we'll be uh, ragging on each other and stuff like that. Mario's a big Mets fan, but he does support our show, so thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, so he, he Jerry likes to hate on guys that I draft in my fantasy league, so, you know, Will Myers is one of them, but, you know, you can't take it away, man. He's hitting over 300, man. Leave wow. him alone. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. What What's today? April? April what? Go ahead. Uh, April 19th. Mark it down. The receipts are here. Go, Will. <laughs> so and about, so crazy enough, though, uh, Carlos Rodon, another waiver wire pickup in most fantasy leagues. Yes. Uh, which this guy picked up in the Pop Culture Pros Fantasy League. That's the other one that I play in. And he the next, I picked him up at night. Random guy. I was like, I need a starter. He I like the matchup. Goes out and throws a no-hitter. Could have thrown a perfect game. Yeah. But he hit a batter in the ninth inning. That's it's pretty impressive if you, if you look into this dude's history, man. But it's the 20th no-hitter in White Sox history. That took place yeah. last Wednesday night. Um, you know, he got the consolation prize for a no-hitter. But um, he went eight, uh, eight and a third. I actually didn't get the, the number of pitches he threw in that one. But he hit uh, Cleveland catcher Roberto Perez to break mm -hmm. up that perfect game. I was pretty excited. I think I was actually I was doing Granny's Peach Tea. And I yeah. saw the updates on my phone, like no hitter alert, no hitter alert. And I'm like, oh shit. And I saw who it was. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was this getting the same alert. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? Like two no hitters in the same week. Um, hey, listen, the guy has great stuff. He's throwing mid 90s. He's always been a touted uh, rookie um, going into the, going into Major League Baseball. Everybody talked about him when he was coming up, and he just never put it together. Maybe this is his year. They just puts it together and becomes. Uh, you know, one of these guys that that just blows it away this year. He has the stuff to do it. I'm not surprised about Rondon doing this because he's electric. He really is. So, 
So let's see what happens. But that's that's a pretty amazing stat with the White Sox, 20th no-hitter. They have a good friend, you know, they have a good franchise, a great ballpark. I know you didn't love it as much as I did, but for <laughs> anyone out there, you go to Chicago, do not sleep on the White Sox ballpark. They have the best food hands down in the entire league that I've visited so far. They That's have a pierogies, big statement. Pierogies on a grill with like with the craziest brisket, every like it's it's just out of the box thinking. So um so go White Sox. I'm down. What, what I loved with uh, – now that you're talking about the food and, um, I mean, what is it, U.S. Cellular or whoever knows, Comiskey, whatever. We'll call it Comiskey, right, because it's probably what it, it, the original title should be. They they have these, like, little corn and the cobs, and they, like, chop it up. Awesome. And they put it in a platter, and they kind of do, like, Mexican-style, like, um, like street corn. I loved it. I thought that was my favorite thing there. It's so love basic, it. but I but I did love it. I, I'll agree that they do have the widest selection of food, and it's it's kind of crazy. It's a nice ballpark, and I was clocked at 73 in the pitch, you know, when you check your speed and pitching. With no warm-ups. No warm-ups. I was proud of that. I could I, be the I next, I could be the next um, uh, culture beam, like we talk about. You know, old Yankee from, from way back when. Or Kyle Hendricks, who's, who's getting blasted these days on the Cubs, thrown in the 80s. You never know. Oh, what. what do you think? Uh, Kyle Hendricks has started against Brandon Woodruff. Is that what you're talking about? That you were another Not guy on my fantasy team that you're hating on? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Woodruff. Hey, Tommy. What's up, dude? Uh, thanks for joining. Tommy also joins us a bunch on this show. Uh, nope. You know, show right off his alley, Star Wars and uh, and Yankee talk. So that's that's pretty great. And Mario's wishing us to have a great show. Thanks a lot again. Um, Mario. And then last Thursday, though, was uh, baseball's annual Jackie Robinson Day. They do that on uh, on yep. April 15th every year. It's a pretty cool thing. Um, I remember back in 97 when they named, renamed the Interboro for New Yorkers that are listening. Uh, they renamed it the Jackie Robinson Parkway. So that was there to, to Chris and I. But every year, they all the players go ahead and they wear number 42. In honor of Jackie Robinson, you know, if you are familiar with the movie 42, you know, it's pretty much when Pee Wee says, hey, you know, maybe one day we'll all wear 42. And I think that's a really phenomenal thing. Baseball does a great job with that. And 42 is retired throughout baseball. Last active yeah. player to wear it was Mariano Rivera. Um, and then other teams also wore it on Friday because if you had the off day, they're like, hey, don't, we don't want you to miss out on it. Uh, Jerry, what are your thoughts on uh, baseball's work with Jackie Robinson Day? It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, Jackie Robinson Day, it's well-deserved. Everybody – really dives into the history of it. I personally thought the movie could have went even further because when you do listen to like Tom Brokaw and some other people that remember those times and, and really dive deep into actually what Jackie Robinson went through, it really is unbelievable. It can make any grown man cry what he went through. So acknowledging what he did, his bravery, unbelievable. And baseball is, is doing a lot. You know, we don't talk politics. You know, I know that I know that on this show for sure. Um, but baseball took a stand on a few things, and and right now, baseball's in desperate need for the next Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, uh, Ernie Banks. These these are players that were five two players. Some of them extreme five two players. Most say Willie Mays is probably pound for pound, the best of all time. Where's Willie Mays? Where's Hank Aaron these days? Right now in, in baseball, there's only about, what, about 7%, 7 to 7.5% African-American, black, whatever it might be. Um, and it's, it's sad because baseball definitely has to do a better job 
if possible, in recruiting more and more of those athletes to kind of get them away from football and basketball, maybe back to baseball, as it was in the early 80s, where I think it was like 18 to 19 percent um, black Americans representing uh, baseball. And it was awesome. I mean, we grew up during those times that in the 80s, you know, the William McGee's winning MVP and everything. So baseball is doing doing a little bit more. Uh and has to do, I think, a little bit more in the inner cities to get those get those uh, great athletes to Major League Baseball. So Jackie Robinson Day, I think we should all have off from work and school, to be quite honest with you, on those days. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. definitely well said, Jerry. Um, yeah, I mean, even when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s and everything like that, um, you know, we had, like, Bobby Bonilla. I mean, not I'm not, not shooting with the uh, – no, that oh, That's not right, Eddie. That's not right. <laughs> That's a shot to Mets fans. There's so many better. But what are you doing? No, hold on. Relax. Relax. Bobby no, Bull. No, Pirates Bobby Bull was a beast. So was Barry Bonds. Before. He was a beast in eating money. Oh, stop. He was he was awesome. Barry Bonds was awesome. We both know he didn't need to go the juicing route and everything like that. Right, right. We even had like Eddie Murray. Griffey Jr. Griffey Eddie Jr. Murray, Tony Gwynn. Like you said, Jr. as much as, you know, we can't stand them regarded, but awesome. we can't stand them more of like a rival. You yeah. know, like. The, the Mariners and Yankees at that time, it was like it's it, it was just Thomas. a deep rivalry. It, it put it, yeah, Frank Thomas is an, uh, another great African American ball player. I mean, there's a lot, and, it, and that's just from from that. And uh, Tommy's Tommy's chime, yes, Hank Aaron is the true home run champ, Tommy, 100%. 100%. And you know what? I would even gather, I would even say on that, Tommy, thanks for your comment. Probably the most underrated baseball player in the history of Major League Baseball. For the simple fact that if you look at his stats, unreal stats, it's out of it's out of it's out of space, it's out of space, it's unbelievable. And yet, if you walk around and ask a million people in this country, Hank Aaron, how many people know him? But if you say Babe Ruth, forget it, right? Yeah. Derek Jeter, forget it. So many people know him. A Rod, Hank Aaron is hardly known, and he literally has probably the best stats as any ball player up there with Willie Mays. He is a true home run champ, RBI champ, uh, for, and if he played in New York, who knows how how great he would have been? It's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely, Tommy. And you're right. Those, you yeah. know those guys that Jerry had mentioned too, and guys that I just brought up. They did pave the way, you know, for for many many great athletes to come and play the game. Um, one other thing too, by the way, Tommy. Tommy's got something for you though, Jerry. Um, really questioning your 73 miles per hour on the uh, on the pitch in in Comiskey on that pitching machine. <laughs> Wow, he's getting taking shots here. Well, this was not warming up. This was not playing a baseball in a while. And, uh, you know, those those radar guns are off. You know, they're off. They're off. <laughs> they're Everybody not juicing the radar guns? Everybody knows that. Those radar guns, when you hit that fake catcher on the back there, they're, they're off. I mean, I think it was 83. Um, <laughs> definitely not 93, but I think it was like 83. But, it, yeah, I understand. Um, we have pictures of it. I had the wind-up down, but um, – but anyway, Eddie didn't believe in me that I could be the next Coulter Bean. I didn't. I didn't. I still. Yeah. Didn't. You know, he doesn't believe in finesse righties in Major League Baseball. He doesn't believe in that. No, not unless you're Darren O'Day, who uh, drops down. You got to get. You got to mess with your delivery, dude. That's what you got to do. You got to like get the knuckles, like scrape against the dirt, and, and get in there. Get a Dan nasty slider. style. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steve Ferracci, the uh, the Hank Steinbrenner. The house time runner of Pop Culture Pros wishing us yeah. uh, have a great show and thanking Jerry for pinch hitting. 
that's an excellent term. I, I, I like that. Thank you. I like that one. Yeah. Thanks there. Uh, thanks there, boss. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zombies and Tommy's not letting up here. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll touch on this really quick. For anyone who doesn't know this, um, and there's a challenge to anyone in the world, not just the United States. I've never lost a whiffable game one-on-one. -on -one. It's never happened. Um, no one could hit me. I could hit them. And uh, it's usually a three-inning game. If I played wiffle ball, if I played wiffle ball like I played baseball, I would be Babe Ruth. Wow. I'm looking in the eyes of the camera and saying that. I would be Babe Ruth uh, because no one's ever beaten me. So thank you, Tommy, for acknowledging the greatness that is me and wiffle ball. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a game that nobody pays big money for. So um, what are you going to do? That's how, that's how it works sometimes. But, yes, I think wiffle ball I could probably throw a 95. Yeah. And we got a question, uh, a statement here from uh, Brian Strauss. Brian, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, Joe Morgan played minors in uh, Durham, North Carolina during his uh, 60s. Then uh, two of the worst home run parks of all time, Riverfront <laughs> and Astrodome. Oh, yeah. Joe Morgan. Yeah. Joe Morgan with his little. Yeah, exactly. Love See, that. We, we knew Joe Morgan, too, though, when he was doing NBC, uh, yeah. uh, ALCS. Oh, the God. Yanks in the mid-90s, and we, we had this running joke of – uh because he would compare every, all the Yankees. Anytime anyone did anything great. Conception. Yeah, the comparisons came to Big Red Machine. Like, he couldn't help himself. Jeter could have, like, kicked the ball to first yeah. base at 90 miles an hour. And we're like, well, he's not Dave Concepcion, though. Dave Concepcion. You figure this guy could fly. Like, literally fly. And, yes. uh, and then there was, of course, you know, Johnny Bench was untouchable. Never mentioned Yogi Berra. Uh, and then uh, Pete Rose, obviously, was Pete Rose. I mean, come on. But the Big Red Machine was no joke. But you know what I'm thinking? Like, they were great. They won two in a row. Were they a Big Red Machine? I don't know. I mean, for Cincinnati, cool. But for me, if you're going to be like a machine, like crazy, let's be honest. I mean, you got to have a little dynasty. And there's no other dynasty you could talk about. Like the Yankees winning three in a row. 90s into the 2000s, five in a row in the 50s, yeah. you know, and going to the World Series as often as they did in the 70s. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give them that they beat they beat the Yankees four straight in uh, 76. Yeah, okay, they're a machine. But, yeah, I mean, you're right, Ed. Joe Morgan talked about the Big Red Machine like they were the 61, 27, 98 Yankees. And I'm like, ah, I looked at the lineups. I don't know. I don't know. But it could Johnny be. Johnny Bench is arguably the greatest catcher of all time, though. He can hold five baseballs in one hand, especially on that uh, was it a blue emu commercial that he has going right now, yeah. where he said he does it again. It's it's a little bit of a weird. Commercial. Well, there was always there was always Casey Stengel, and I got it from Ken Burns Baseball, and I watched every minute because I'm a crazy nut. But he said I'm a baseball played, nerd too. Yeah, he said I never yeah. played a game. Uh, Casey Stengel said I never. You know, he's the great professor who, by the way, towards the end was just sleeping in the dugout and. You know, they call him the professor, but he was a little crazy. But he did say, quoted, I never play a game without my guy. And everybody was wondering, you know, obviously the Yankees in the 50s and 60s, who was his guy? It had to be Mantle. It had to be DiMaggio. It had to be this. It had to be that. But it turns out it was Yogi Berra. He believed that his best ball player that he's ever managed was Yogi Berra. So I'll go with the great professor. That's the greatest catcher of all time. He's got the most rings. He got the most gold. He knows karate. <laughs> Woo! Hey, man. <laughs> what? Oh, we got more defense, though. Still all among all uh, home run leaders for second baseman. Sandberg 
Leader in the easiest park for home runs. Wow, taking a little dig there. Brian, are, are you a Reds fan? I mean, because it seems like you're – no, I'm saying he's like – you know, no, I'm not trying to, like, knock the Reds at all. But, like, also the little dig at the Cubs. I'm starting to wonder if we got a, a big a fan of the Reds here. I'm a and, big uh, Sandberg guy. I like Sandberg. So I'm a I. Sandberg guy. I know. I never expected to be talking about Ryan Sandberg tonight. No. But I was a Sandberg guy. Remember the baseball card? I was happy when I got it. Yes. And I was like, this is the best second base. This is the best second baseman right now that I can put on my imaginary baseball field with my baseball cards. I got Sandberg at second, and I was happy, and I was probably like seven years old. So Brian Sandberg all the way, right? I like Sandberg because he also wore number 23. So as a kid, that also, you know. Drew my attention quickly. Tommy is also correcting me. Seven baseballs, actually. Yep. It, wow, that that's true. even more impressive. I mean, that's that's like bananas here. It's Brian's answering the question, though. Expos fan. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry so, to hear that. I'm did sorry you jump? That. Did you follow them to Washington? Are you do you root for the Nats now, or did you go to the Blue Jays? Kind of curious about this. It was. I mean, that's the, I've always been fascinated by that. Of what do fans do when their team leaves? Like, do they follow the team to wherever they move to? They cry. I mean, I'm, I it would be pretty disturbing. Yeah. I remember when uh, when George used to threaten to move the Yankees to New Jersey when I was a kid, and I remember on on Channel Eleven they had the NJ, and I almost like threw up in my mouth as a kid. And I was like, "What would you do if they moved to New Jersey?" I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't even want to think about that." No, terrible. Uh, Montreal is a phenomenal city, phenomenal town, unbelievable poutine. But most of all, when you go there, you see a lot of people with exposed jerseys and shirts. And it's 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 like wanted. I know they didn't have a lot of attendance, but maybe the right ballpark and uh, something something could work there. And imagine Eddie, like we always talked about going to Baltimore really quick for a weekend. Montreal's right there, one hour away on a flight. You're in Canada, and they take care of clientele there very well. That's that's kind of what I what I've heard. I, I would probably go yes. there to go check out a Rangers yes. Canadians game because I'm a New York Rangers yes. fan as well. But uh, yes. I wouldn't mind seeing Montreal Expos. Like maybe they go back there, and the baseball gives me a team back. 94 roster for a strike here. I was dude. We were waiting to see a 94 World Series. It would have been trust me for especially our generation. That would have been the first. Yankees World Series they, that we would have been, like, conscious for. That would have been a great World Series. Randy Johnson, Young, Pedro Martinez, Larry Walker. Of oh, God, that team was ridiculous, the, the Expos. They had, they had 81 wins, right? When, when we went on strike, I think it was 80-something wins, and the Yankees had, like, 79. And I was like, those are the two teams that are going to go at it. And then, and then they, they struck, and that's yeah. that. So – yeah, man. Thanks for bringing us back to uh, Memory Lake. It was August 12th, one of the darkest days in hell <laughs> and heaven and on earth. August 12th, 1994. I'll never forget it. I felt like um, I got kicked in the nuts, the face, the mouth, and beaten up to oblivion. It was it a was really depressing time. But we're here. It's okay. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> we somehow did. We definitely somehow did. Uh, yeah. No, Tommy. Actually, I do not root for the New Jersey Giants because they don't exist. It's the New York Giants. It's okay. If they would have changed their name to the New Jersey Giants, maybe I would have been. But it's also something different, though. Let's let's be clear about this, though. The New York Giants have played in the Meadowlands my entire life. The New York Yankees would have already played over 10 years, most of my life at that point, 
over 10 years in the Bronx. So it's a little bit different, though. So what's it, it's right. a little right. bit of a different situation. But we are not here. We're not here to talk about, you know, where the Giants, the New York Giants play, New York football Giants at that play. We're here to talk about the Yankees. So let's let's get to it. Um, New Jersey. New Hersey. New Hersey. New Hersey. <laughs> so, so we we haven't been on in a bit, right? So we, you know, we had to figure a couple of things out for the show, but we are here. So we're not going to go ahead and recap the entire time since, because I know last episode we we did the show on opening uh, day. We did it that night, so we only had we had one game to dive into. We're not going to dive into it all, guys. We're not going. We don't want to relive all this fiasco that's been going on. But let's just talk about this. Yankees Rays sweep that we had this past weekend. So let, let's let's jump into that here. Uh, Friday nights. Let, we'll jump into Friday nights fiasco first, where the Yanks got blasted by the Rays by a score of eight to two. Uh, you know the numbers speak for themselves if you're watching across the bottom. Uh, the Yankees offense, same old story this season: three hits, 14, uh, 14 strikeouts, and left six on base. Mm. I mean, kind of hard to win that game. Kind of hard. How many errors? They had three errors. Mm. Three of them. What about King? Tell me about King. Well, let's let's get into this. All right, before we we get into the actual performance of the entire thing. So the you know they go ahead and they announce that we're going to go with an opener for reasons completely baffling to me. So they go with Nick Nelson as the opener for Michael King. Why the fuck does Michael King need an opener? Why? Whoa. Why? Why does that? Why, why is that? I'm offended, but okay. Are um, you offended? It's a good question. Well, you said it with such like vigor. I'm you said it with such I, passion. Like I stole, so, I stole Steve's vigor years ago. So no, but I your have F extra. was your F was like oh, like you like got something out that was bothering you since it's Friday. Bad. It's bad. It yeah. has been. It's been. Um, I think off. it's a great. It's a great point. There's nothing I can say. That's it. I mean, you have no explanation. Why does it? No explanation. No explanation. Yeah, it's the I same mean, explanation why um, I have none, or it's the same reason why I have no explanation for Aaron Hicks batting third. Um, not to complain, but that that drives us crazy uh, all the Tommy, time. Tommy's a huge fan of Aaron Hicks batting third. Yeah, I think the whole world is not a huge fan of Aaron Hicks batting third. Uh, but we can get into that next time. But yes, Hicks has. There's no explanation. I don't know if you spoke to your sources, Eddie. I spoke to my sources. I didn't hear anything. Nothing. No, I, I didn't. I didn't hear anything. But whatever. Nick Nelson goes an inning. He gives up the two earned runs. Walks yeah. two, two hits. Yes, I know he had two strikeouts. But we find out. Then King comes in, the bulk guy. Just a ridiculous run. Uh, he goes and goes three innings. He was up two hits. He did walk three. I know he he can yeah. get a little erratic, but you can see he's got a lot of movement on his pitches. The stuff yeah. is there. But he strikes out four also and gives up no runs. So what what does that kind of tell you? It's that terrible. maybe we should have gave the kid the shot. The kid's been a starting pitcher like his entire, you know, entire most of his professional career. I said in a show a couple of years ago, me and my wife went down to Trenton Thunder a couple of years ago. Yes, we went to see the Bat Dogs because that's our thing. Michael King happened to be starting. This kid threw a fucking gem of a game. He was wow. on fire. He was on fire. I've been a huge fan of Michael King since then. And I know he hasn't been lights out here, but I think the kid should get a shot. Did Enough you have this. dinner with him? Did you have dinner with Michael King? No, but I did see him get doused with water, and everyone was, like, throwing stuff at him. Like, it was a you know, very minor league yeah. at the time. 
but it, it was pretty. It was pretty. Did awesome Warder get on you? Did Warder get on you when he doused it a little bit? No, no, unfortunately not. I, I would have been excited about that. It was actually like ninety-eight degrees for a seven yeah. o'clock start, and it kind of went. It kind of reminded us of that Jay Z Justin Timberlake concert went to at Yankee Stadium. The heat was incredible. It was incredible. Let's not talk about that. Our wives are still mad at us for what we did. Santing so Hova. Yeah, but I remember when I was king. King of what? The neighborhood. Had the best girl that summer, won the title. Oh, would you be serious? All right, all right. <laughs> um, you make a great point. You make a great point. There's no explanation for it. Um, I don't get it. We can talk a lot. I don't know where you want to go here. We can talk a lot about things that I'm kind of looking at with the Yankees in a very humble and positive way. There are some things that are not making sense. That's one of them. I think some fans now are, are bringing up some really great points on other things that are not making sense. The signing, and I want to get your take on this. The signing of Taeyong, Taeyong, Taeyong. Taeyong, Jameson Taeyong. Wait, James. but hold on, Jerry. Let, let's hold that for the state of the Yankees stuff. Let, okay. Let's get into that, though. Let's just break okay. down these games here and see what it is. Tommy's also wondering, the same why is a $210 million roster need to use an opener 12 days into the season? True. Tommy, if I had that answer, I would not be doing the show. I would probably be on ESPN or something like that, and, or maybe even working in their front office. Who the hell knows? But that's where we would be, right? Right or wrong? I mean, we're working our way up there, but like, I, yeah. I, would, I would be a genius if I can figure that out. I don't know what numbers Eddie, or stats they're looking at to tell you Michael King needs a friggin' opener, but it, it's it's not there, Michael and King. it's it's absolutely not. It was just a bonehead play. His name uh, is King. He is the King. I'm he just could saying. have been the King. They they denied him. He's been awesome in the two appearances he's had this season. I, I mean, and guess what though? The last this first appearance, he went six innings. Imagine if he would have won six innings and started the game. All right, all right, all right, all know. right. Little okay, yeah, okay, calm. And, and yes, this is no. This one really ticked me off. I they know. Have plenty of options, including King. They could have called up Devi Garcia. Okay, you could have just went Herman out there. You could have went with a lot of things. Like, this, uh, stop with yeah. the opener bullshit, man. It's just it brought me back. It, honestly, dude, it brought me right back to game two of of the freaking uh, the ILDS last year against the Rays. Oh, and they pulled no, the whole, no. hey, Debbie Garcia, wait, we need Jay Happ. No, it, it just that was one of the worst things I've seen in a long time in a Yankee playoff game. A real long time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think I think you got to go back to A Rod in the playoffs. Seen something that bad, honestly. And you know I'm an A-Rod fan. Uh, you, you, you're still there. I, I jumped off after the second time he got busted for – I for thought Rose. that he was going to be okay when he got with Jennifer Lopez, that he was going to find his way through through his mantra, but he didn't. He even messed that up. So I, I might have to – I have to go work for A-Rod Corp and see if I could help him with his real estate – and his investments, I got to help, you know. You can't let a brother down. You just can't do it. Or compadre, or something like that. Hermano, you know, carnal. Whatever so, it be. Yeah. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight. Danny, <laughs> Jerry's cousin, joins us here on the show. Danny and I are actually going to go to the Yanks-Braves game tomorrow night. Uh, excited about that. And, he, and my cousin's actually 100% right. I was just, I was just thinking that um, – Probably like like Friday. Where the heck is Herman? Herman or Garcia? 
Either one of them would have been, or King. You could have just gave King the start. I mean, there were yeah. just so many options. Why? Stop trying to be too cute and outsmart the Rays. It's almost like when they play the Rays, they feel like, oh, you no, know, be really cool, man, if we go ahead and beat them at their own game. The Rays Joe do. <laughs> the Rays do this bullshit, though. The smoke and mirrors crap because they don't have enough starting pitching. Cashman, you have enough starting pitching. Stop the shit. His name is it's, Cashman. Yes. No, I, I am a big Brian Cashman fan. Though. We'll, we'll, get into, we'll get into that later. But uh, wow. Wow. Whoa. I'm with you, Tommy, though. I wasn't always there, but I, I've been there for, for a bit now. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing to bring out the well, ire of Yankee fans. You just wrote there. What you just wrote there, Tommy. Imagine Jennifer Lopez doing that. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm just saying. Hey, hey, um, listen. That Super Bowl, that the Super children. Bowl performance with Shakira, Jennifer Lopez, the greatest ever. Greatest ever. Go ahead. Stop. The people. The people. No. Stop. <laughs> yeah, if anyone is that, that's our ongoing Superman 4 reference. That's for no Granny's more. Peach Tea Wednesday night, though. No more. Well, uh, maybe we'll have Jerry on that show when we review Superman 4 one day. Okay. Sounds um, good. Let's roll over to Saturday where the Yanks uh, – Yanks dropped that one six to three. We're not going to get too far. Oh, I, I'm sorry. There is one glaring thing, though. My bad that we did not talk about for Friday night's game. So in the eighth inning, I was at the game. Um, the fans started throwing baseballs onto the field hmm. in the bottom of the eighth. Um, I was in 420B behind the plate over there, so I was nowhere. Like we'd never get a foul ball. Jerry sat there a million times with us. There's no foul balls near us. But the fans apparently started losing their shit. You can feel it. You can kind of sense in the stadium, even at like only around 10,000 capacity, that people were really just getting more angry as the game went on. Yeah. And then that happened. Completely inexcusable. I mean, you can't be doing that shit. That's just stupid. We're not defending it. We're just saying that, hey, listen, they they, they got angry. They lost their stuff. But like, as it, but if you're the Yankees, though, too, yeah. you're their players, does it not like – register in your head like man we've pissed these the fans off that much that this is what the, what's going on here and then in the post game frazier and stanton they were being asked questions and they even said listen boone claw had a closed door meeting and ripped into people he he laid into them so now, you have good sources eddie you have good sources my sources are wfan or anywhere else it wasn't hard to find they're sources, I'm just saying. See, my sources are more secretive, and they're very in, you know, the framework. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying your sources are accurate. I have I have to agree my sources said the same. So I don't know what it means when Boone rips into people, because if anyone's seen Boone press conference, it's a lot of, um, um, you know, um, you know, um, um. I mean, I don't think he's ever had a regular job because – a job would tell you stop with the verbal viruses. And it sounds like you don't know what you're talking about when he probably does. But I can't watch that guy's press conferences. Like, how do you feel? How do you feel? And he's like, um, you know, um, you know, but anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Ed. No, I mean, it was just, it was something that he really went ahead and laid. I bet you this though. I guarantee you if he's, he's one of those guys that's really pissed off, suddenly verbal viruses disappear. He probably Maybe. really, you know what I mean? But we've seen mm. when he gets ejected, he gets really animated. And he seems pretty angry. I'm just yeah. saying, from the glimpses we have seen, you got to give him that. I bet yeah. you he really went in on those guys. But when we get mm. to Saturday's game, 
I'll we'll get into the concern of that. That that ties into that though. But Tommy's got uh, quick questions. Uh, where did they get the balls? They're foul balls. Foul balls came from both sides throughout the game. I mean, how many balls do you think baseball goes through in one game? Jerry, Jerry, as many games as I've been to, I've gotten one foul ball in 1996, Luis Polonia. I have it over here. <laughs> do you really think that I would throw? I don't give a shit how angry I was. Do you really think I'm going to throw back a foul ball? How no. rare it is? Most Absolutely not. Plus, you get thrown out. And I always well, thought yeah. this. Like, what if what if you were drunk and you threw a ball and, like, hit a player? Like, yeah. you would literally go to jail and, like, be the worst fan of all time. It's, like, not a good thing to do. But in any event, I have sources that say that the Steinbrenner family supplied the balls. So, Tommy, wow, and I can't reveal my sources, but the Steinbrenner family, because Hal Steinbrenner is a little bit of a wuss, Unlike his dad, wow! This is how he tries to galvanize the fans. So it's not like Stein, George Steinbrenner style. He does things like this. Cause Eddie, it was weird. Where did they get these balls? Foul balls. It's not rocket science. No, 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 no. But there was there was more than just a few foul balls. And like you said, not everyone's everyone's going to throw their balls back on the field. I heard Steinbrenner family. Listen, same. Just saying. Listen, D Danny, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have fun tomorrow when we go to the game. We're gonna count how many foul balls go into the stands so we can give everyone an estimate next and time. You're how many foul balls are there? No, no, I'm not, no, no. As many that were on the field, there would still be plenty more nah. in the stands that did not get thrown. You heard that it here no first, way. everyone. You've heard it here first. It was the Steinbrenner family that supplied balls randomly throughout the stadium. So the fans would get unrest and fly to fire in the Yankees' asses. That's what I heard. Now, that's what you heard? That's what I heard. That's what I, I heard from my sources. Okay. You could believe it or not. It's up to you. That's sources in the clubber line basement that you're in right now? Like, you know, yes, I'm training okay. against some training. That, see, we're going to talk about the fire of being a pro and the fire of wanting to win and dismantle your, your enemies, like Clubber Lang did to Rocky in Rocky Three in the first fight. Now, if you don't have that mindset, like Club Lang, the way he trained to beat Rocky in that first fight, you're not going to be much for a long time as an athlete. And that's what you need to do. You need to be around the rats. You need to be in a basement just like this, just thinking about your opponent, just thinking about the Atlanta Braves, how Acuna wears big chains, and you just want to rip it off and choke him with it. That's what you got to be thinking about to win games. They don't have that right now. So I am in a basement where Club Lang would be just thinking about winning the title, the World Series. That's what I would be doing. So this is where I am. This is where I lay. This is where I stay. This is where I think. This is where I eat. This is where I work. That's you have an air I'm conditioner doing. in the back, though, so I don't know if that's very clever line. Well, I'm not using it. Oh, it's there for show. No, I mean, it used to be the person before me used it. Look, the plug's not even there. <laughs> stop, trying to, stop trying to take away my, my clever langness. Steal your vigor. Exactly. So go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, whatever. Let's get to Saturday's game. Yeah. Uh, Yanks dropped six to three to the Rays. Uh, Rubenet Odor hit his first home run as a bomber, which is great. So he's one. Nice shot. Four. Nice but, shot. But uh, off a lefty too. Nice um, shot. But the big story there though is thirteen more strikeouts for the offense, fifteen uh, left on base, one for seven with runners in scoring position. Man. Said it once. Said it a thousand times. Pretty impossible to win baseball games. When uh, you're putting up those type of numbers. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Sorry. Um, and then let's go ahead and move on to Sunday's uh, fiasco here. Domingo. There's not, not, not too much to discuss on Saturday. Mm. But uh, Rays complete the sweep of the Yanks, 4-2. Uh, Giancarlo Stan uh, hit his uh, third home run of the season, going one for three. Uh, DJ LeMahieu was one for four with an RBI, tying the game up at two in the fifth inning. But uh, interesting uh, note about that LeMahieu <clears throat> RBI. So that was his 40th game-tying or go-ahead uh, hit with the Yankees. Uh, that's 10 more than any other Yankee since 2019. Mm. Pretty pretty, pretty impressive stuff, though. I mean, he's, he's the dude is clutch. He's really, he's really yeah. good. He might not be the most athletic. I mean, whatever. You're an major league baseball. One thing about DJ LeMay I always think about, and I could be like crazy here. Um, he seems like the kind of teammate that you don't talk to in the clubhouse, right? Like you go, you're out of the game, and like you know, you you get your towel on, right? All the guys are around you, and DJ just seems like a guy that you just don't take a shower next to. You get that feeling? Like it seems like he would get mad or something, or or like you're talking about something, like where are we going to dinner or something, and like he's like muttering something under his breath. Like he just seems like a teammate that. I don't know. Maybe he's like Clubber Lang. Like you're just thinking about the game and like he doesn't want to be bothered with outside interference. He's so serious. He's so in like baseball mode. There's no wonder the guy almost won the MVP last year. But as a teammate, I kind of like would let him be. He seems like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he you just, wouldn't try to befriend him. Very friendly for some reason. Now watch him be like the most friendliest guy. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. He's probably one of the nicest. Wow. Daniel Larusso. See, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? That's good. That's good, Jerry. Fan. You know, people call me Jerry Mania, Jerry Fantasy, Juggernaut, Jay Love, Jay. Um, what else they call me, Eddie? Jay King. Anyway, Jay go King, ahead. Yes. Yes. Wow. Just throw, throw in a rod. Wow. Relentless. <laughs> absolutely relentless, there, Danny. Uh, but all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead. Um, so Kyle Gashioka has his first career game with two plus walks. I thought I found that to be a funny number there. But yeah. the crazy thing is, man, like Garrett Cole went ahead and pitched his ass off again. Uh goes six and a third, giving up five hits, two earned runs, ten more strikeouts to go along. Uh, you know, drops his record to two and one. Yeah. Um, really it just it sucks, man. Like in one of the runs, and it, I think it was when the Rays went ahead and, and took the uh the two the two-nothing lead, those mm. two errors there. That 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 happened in that inning, especially the one with Hicks. The the balls hit there. You know he gets a oh, late boy. jump on it, and he's just kind of like I don't know what the hell he was doing with the baseball. Like it was almost like hot potato for a second, like, yeah. and it was two plays in a row. He allowed runners to advance. He allows a time run to I mean to go ahead run to score. I mean it was just I don't know. Just it, it's hard to really watch him these days. We'll we'll get into the overall thing, but that's just really frustrating there because Cole's going ahead and giving and everything he's got on the mouth. It's but some numbers, some numbers to throw out there, though. So it's very rough, and and I, you know, you mentioned uh, the name right now that I think a lot of Yankee fans, and especially in our very elite social circles, um, Aaron Hicks is a problem. I mean, again, he's a pro. We like the guy, like as far as like we believe in him, but as an investor, I'm about to cash out. Ed, I'm about to cash out. Like Tommy? Yeah. Aaron Hicks is a guy that I Tommy's think Tommy's just straight up garbage. Wow. I mean, he he said it in a very you know harsh way. Thank you so much. No and punches. Way, we have an instruction here. This is brought to you by 
Miller. That's it. So no problems here. We know we're very famous. We're not going after Miller Lite in any way. It's just Miller. Uh, that's it. And uh, yeah, Tommy, you said piece of garbage. Some people say trash. Straight up garbage. So straight up. I will have to say, I think he is, thank you so much. I think he is a, a pro that could have a great season. I think there is something holding him back. And I think it's like his, there's that swagger thing going on. That's just my opinion. My source is telling me that he doesn't apply himself as much as he should. And because of that, I'm cashing out as an investor. And what happens when you cash out as an investor? You start booing. You start booing because you don't want that investment to somehow make you look bad. So next time we go to a game, you're going to start booing Aaron Hicks if he doesn't pick it up between then and now. Eddie, you know I, I, you know I believe that when you give players um, a little tough love, it lights a fire under their ass. I've been there before where I've made Jacoby Ellsbury hit a home run. I oh, did that. In Actually, in Chicago, we talked about it. There we it. go. That's the truth. I yelled puppy power the entire series in his last at-bat. Game, game, what, what was it? <laughs> the game-winning home run. The game-winning game winning home run. It was Jacoby game Ellsbury. We've done, I've done it against Jesse Barfield, where I ragged on him the entire game. Huge home run in the eighth inning. All right? I've ragged on Gene Carlos Stanton in Miami, he asked himself out of the game in the sixth inning. True story. Two witnesses. Okay? These are true things. Wow. So when you get on players, I'm telling you right now, sometimes you got to do it. I think Hicks needs a dose of tough love from the Yankee crowd. And Jeter believed it too, by the way, and he was pretty good, wouldn't you say? The uh, only Yankee I've, I've ever booed in my life was Kevin Moss. That's ridiculous. And, and guess what? It was, you know this. It wasn't yeah. even at well during his playing career. It was at an old timers day. Yes, and he hit a double to shut you up. My that's, point exactly. That's how that much. Happen? That's how much I hate Kevin Moss. But did that happen? Did you boo him and then he blasted a double against the wall in old timers game? I was there. True or false? I'm gonna say I don't remember the double honestly. Oh come on! Of course I, you remember. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say wait, hold on hold on. I'm him. Barry, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the credit and say that it happened. I'm being honest though. I didn't literally remember it though. All right, go ahead. In the face. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah. I don't and have never – Tommy's saying I don't and have never seen whatever it is the Yankees see in this guy. Jerry, I think we've actually talked about Aaron Hicks, though, before. Is that – we? I mean, listen, I think the guy is athletic. I think the guy has – he shows some strength. He has some power. He has speed. He has a strong arm. To yeah. me, he has the tools, if he put it together, to be a good baseball player. Yeah. But he just has not put it together at this he point. He just hasn't put it together. And it's, and it's gotten to a point where I think his first round pick, well, I don't know if he was picked. He was picked in the first round, but it was like pretty up there. It wasn't like a number one pick, which, by the way, in baseball, a lot of times means crap. Yeah. But he was a first round pick. He was highly touted as a potential five tool player. Uh, the Yankees probably saw him as like someone they could, you know, coach up to yeah. that echelon. And it just hasn't worked out. You know, they're paying him 11, about $11 million. He's got a seven-year contract. So, Tommy, get used to some more Hicks, man. Well, Tommy's talking about the seven-year contract, but we looked it up, though. He, we know he's getting about, what, around $10 million a year? Ten and a half million. $10.5 a year. But at $10.5 million, again, talking about it within Major League Baseball and professional athletes, $10.5 <laughs> million is honestly not that much for a regular position player. So it's not like he's getting 20 and $30 million a year. If that was the case, I'd probably be – a little bit more ticked off. 
My frustration with Aaron Hicks at this point is the batting third and the just not performing. I don't give a shit what he's getting paid. It doesn't matter. You're just not playing well at all. And we talked about this. We always have, like, the guy that pisses us off on the team. Hicks is a candidate now for the guy this year. And it's usually when it's a guy who we feel should be better and is not putting it together. When a a player just sucks, when a player just sucks, you're like, whatever, listen. Honestly, yeah, you're just garbage, and that's the end of it. You're not even wasting my time with like getting angry at, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's it it is what it is. But well, some numbers though to touch on the Yankees Rays series. We close that out. Yeah, that segment out. Uh, Yanks and Rays. The Rays are five and one against the Yankees this year so far. After the first two series, they have a plus sixteen run differential. Yeah, that's absurd. But but think about this for a second though. The Rays are five and one against the Yankees. They're three and seven against the rest of the league with a minus 29 run differential. That's bananas. I wonder why they get up to play the Yankees so hard. I don't what might it be? I, I mean, listen, there's obviously the rivalry's gotten heated. We know that. We know there's a lot of a lot of a lot of blood this year, a lot of bad blood. It's been brewing the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But it's just like there's it, no it, doubt. That's a telling, yeah. That's a telling number right there. There's no doubt they get up to play the Yankees. Uh, what Chapman did to Brousseau has fired them up, and they love kicking our ass. And yeah. they have. We all remember how the Yankees exited the playoffs against the Rays, and we're seeing it again. They get up to beat our ass, and we are taking a beating. We are literally. You know, going against like Mike Tyson and getting knocked out by these guys, and it's embarrassing. It's like, yeah, I mean, come on. It doesn't matter what team it is when it, when a team's celebrating like they do. You know, on every big big, it could be a double in the gap and a, and a run scores, and they're acting like you know they just want a playoff game. They're they love kicking our ass, and I'm I'm tired of it. And the team's got to step up. The Yankees got to step up and just say enough of this crap. You know what I mean? This is ridiculous. So anyway, I'm sure more to come. It'll be interesting. More tickets will be sold, which is awesome to see this robbery. And, you know, Chapman, Chapman's got to, you know, got to step up when he gets on that mound again because he blows another game. That's a whole nother turmoil thing going on in the media that he can't beat the Rays and all that nonsense. So let's see what happens. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a it's been a pretty rough going with the Yanks and Rays these last couple of years. But listen, let's let, let's wow, uh, we'll get into guys in a second. Danny just dropped in another good one, but let's let's get to that. All right. Yeah. So state of the Yankees. The Yankees are five and fifteen, last in the AL, second to last in Major League Baseball, only due to the Rockies, you know, sucking as bad as they suck. Yeah. So let's just let's let's lay it out here, guys. The Yankee fans who are on the ledge, you know, Tommy could be one of them. I always joke around and say Tommy's one of these guys who's on the ledge who's, you know, there's probably a lot of fans, though, that are rightfully upset, right? And and you should be. But we got a couple of things to throw out there for you to try to maybe put something on. We're not trying to put lipstick on a pig. We're not trying to, you know, dress up a pile of shit or whatever. The Yankees are play- playing terrible. They've, they're not hitting – you know, in, in historic ways, not hitting. And it's it's kind of bananas. Yeah. Right. But we'll just say this the World Series expectations were there just 15 games ago. Guys, it's 15 games. Guess what? There's 147 games left in the season. 
yes, they need to show signs of playing better defense and pitching better and hitting better. But we've also seen what the team is capable of. We all yeah. know you can we, – Jerry, we've said it for years. You can slug your way to the playoffs, right? We know that. The, the bats will get going. They can slug their way in. But if you don't improve the pitching and you don't improve the defense, then you're just going to get to the playoffs and you're going to get bumped out in the first round and that'll be it, right? right. That's it's pretty clear. So uh, there are four teams, okay? There are four teams in the history of Major League Baseball that have started five and ten or worse and went on to win the World Series. Only four. Only in four. The history of Major League Baseball. Yes. All there right. So only we can four. Be the fifth. We we can we can definitely be the fifth. I mean, I don't I don't see any reason why not. Tell me those teams. Why why not us? Well, Jerry, it's funny you ask. The 2002 Angels who bumped us, right? Who who bumped the Yankees in the in the uh, division they series? Ass. And then they yeah. bumped his ass too. They did. They absolutely did. Well, it was uh, seven they, games, right? That was seven games. Yes. Uh, great series. Uh, 1991 Twins, which we were talking about, Kirby Puckett. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, who, who else did you uh, drop in there, too? Who were we talking about? Oh, so about? many, man. Like, you know, those 87 91 Twins were awesome. Um, you had Herbeck, Puckett. Was it Jack Morris that went that 10 inning game? He yep, went 10 that inning. Was Jack Morris. I mean, come on, man. I mean, those were, those were like crazy. Remember how crazy those series were? Anyway. I mean, it just like it was in that dome, and it was a Homer dome, and it was like so weird to watch. And we had five channels at the time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, channel two, <laughs> channel four, channel five. It was like crazy just to see the Homer dome go crazy yeah. like that. But anyway, two teams. Go ahead, three. Uh, so we got two. 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and the 1914. Really the 1914 Braves. 1914 Braves. They were a good team, man. They they <laughs> were. They were like, you know what? We're going to World War One. We're going to win the World Series. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. listen, there again, there are 147 games left, so we got time to turn things around. Uh, Tommy's jumping in here with, uh, I actually think they will win over 90 plus games, but only if Tyone and Kluber turn it around. Absolutely. If they don't, if they don't start contributing at some point, it's going to be pretty difficult. Of if other moves aren't made, if Garcia doesn't take one of their spots, if Michael yeah. King. God forbid Michael King, without an opener, goes ahead and takes up one of their spots, whatever it is. But those are two pitches, though, that you kind of knew they were going to be projects. It wasn't going to happen right off the bat. No, Jamison Tyone's dealing with a lot of stuff, coming off two Tommy John surgeries and, and everything. And he also, he also dealt with cancer in the past, too. Yeah. I mean, the kid's got a lot. He's reworking his mechanics. It, it, we're asking a lot, but just got to have patience. And Kluber has also barely pitched the last couple of years. But we know what his track record says. We're not expecting it to be 2014, you know, Corey Kluber again, Cy Young Award winner. But we're, I have a feeling they're going to be okay. It's just, you know, just got to get there. They got to get the innings in under their belt. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people, there's one thing that, if I could just say, Ed, there's one thing that a lot of, you listen to like the big guns on WFAN, ESPN. Oh, yeah, it's so early. It's so early. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> and I do think it matters. I mean, when you're when we're watching the games, hopefully together and we're out of this nonsense with the pandemic. But you're watching a game on September 20th and the Yankees are two games out of first place. You can't help but think about that five and ten start. Yeah. These, every game matters. And, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people think like it's, it's early. It's early. 
every effing game matters. So we'll get into it later, but I am questioning whether the New York Yankees came into the season prepared. That's just me. And I'll tell I'll share with you signs as a former not crazy ball player, little college ball, whatever, nothing crazy. Nobody scouted me. Nobody looked at me. Nobody wrote anything pen to paper. But yes, there are things that you go through um, when you're a teammate in baseball where if you show up opening day and you're not ready, it shows. And there are some things in the Yankee ball club route now that it's showing that they walked into 2021 not 100% prepared for 162 games. That's all. We'll, we'll touch on that later, but it, I think it's pretty clear. But I digress on that again, Ed. Let me know when uh, when I can talk about that. I mean, you can, dude, you can talk about it now if you want. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to... So sugarcoat with it, but the last spark, the last you know silver lining there, if you want to call it, has been Garrett Cole, which he's yeah. been everything that the Yankees could have asked for, you know, part of last year and so far this year. Uh, Cole has 39 strikeouts and three walks in his first four starts of the year, um, but he's also became the first Yankee starting pitcher in history with at least 39 strikeouts and three or fewer walks in any four game span. Anytime at this point. No, I'm saying at any point in time. It's amazing. When it, when you have a first in Yankee history, that's kind of bananas. Being that the team's been around as long as they have and have been as successful as they've been. So, I, I mean, that just that caught my eye. Um, it's incredible, yeah. And uh, doing and taking a look at some things, like the team ERA is 3-6-0, which is, only, which is eighth in baseball. That's not terrible if you're, you know, you're eighth there. I know it seems like it's been real ugly at times. Yeah. That is the case, and their whip is one, you know, one thirteen, and it's ranked seventh. So the the pitching hasn't been absolutely horrendous, and a lot of that's been the bullpen though that has brought it down. The Yankees' starting pitching outside of Cole has been has been pretty shitty. I mean, we're not gonna again Obviously. sugarcoat that. Montgomery, Montgomery has been has been solid though most of the time. I know he wasn't great the other day, but he I, I like the kid. I, I I do believe in him. All um, right. but let's get into. The yeah. bad. Let's just get into the numbers and not like sugarcoat it. The let's get into the bad of it. So the Yankees team. Wait, hold on. Is any bad yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. It's gonna get real ugly right now, real soon. Oh man, I should so put the, the mask. <laughs> so the Yankees team batting average is two ten. They rank twenty seventh in all of baseball. That's all right, the, teams that's that the low, There's oh. three. But it's the lowest for the Yankees since 1968. All right. 68, good things happened. In 1968, supposedly Mickey Mantle hit a home run and broke a seat. It shattered and might have killed someone. That's the story that I heard because he was still so powerful. And, you know, so 68 had, had positives too. Go ahead. This is, yeah. Yeah. 296 team on base percentage. Ranks 24th. And it's the lowest for the Yankees since 1972. 72 was a bad year. Pepitone had good hair, though. <laughs> okay. That's he that's did. always fair. He still does. He, I, I, hair. he did a lot of blow drying, so it looked good outside of the cap as well. That was Joe Pepitone. A really good swing as well. Yeah. Yeah. 346 team slugging percentage, ranking 29th mm. in all of Major League Baseball. The lowest since 1989. Now we're getting to our territory. Yeah, 89, you know, Rafael Santana, Bobby <laughs> Meacham, right? Uh, Mattingly, 
mean, not – I think he batted like 303 maybe, but there were some positive points. Oh, and he had the long hair. He had the long hair coming out over here, and it was like a big deal in the paper that he was like – remember they had him bald in the cover yeah. of the paper, and it was a big deal that Manning had long hair. So, um, so some comical moments in 1989. I think Steve Farr mm-hmm. might have been the closer, maybe. Or maybe, I, I, maybe how was one of his suspensions? I, I don't know if it was far or how. Yeah. I don't. I probably try not to remember that type of stuff. I mean, it was. It was right. not the. It as Joe Girardi would say, it's not what you want. Yeah. Um, and then we have a six forty two team OPS, which finally they've achieved it. They've ranked thirtieth in all of Major League Baseball, and they're Didn't lowest know. since nineteen seventy three. Well, we can only get better. Uh, pretty much, but uh, then we were then we're going to get to one record, and Tommy is saying any new K record is not really that impressive in today's game. Tommy, I'm going to hit you with one K record that is pretty impressive. Uh, the Yankees have struck out 139 times, which is the most in the history of the franchise. That's impressive. Not in a way that we want it to be, but I would say that's impressive, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Ed, for the positive. Um, we uh, got to at least touch on some good years in the past, you know, down memory lane, and that was nice, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not done. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not done yet. That was only the offense. Let's oh. talk about the defense. They yeah. held a, a 974 fielding percentage, which ranks them 28th in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, they have 12 errors, which is fifth most in Major League Baseball. Gio Urshela actually has three of them. Yeah. Which I got to be honest is pretty mind boggling. Yeah. All not right. the guy you would think. Not the guy you would think that would be like, wow, this guy has uh, the most errors on, on a team and a really, really bad defensive team. But that's the case, especially that Olay that happened on Friday night, which I really think sent people. I, I think that got my anger to another level on Friday night when I saw Gio Urshela with the Olay. Eddie, I thought this was a positive show. We're gonna get though. Don't worry about it. We're gonna wrap it up with a with a positive way. But this okay. is the five and fifteen record for the Yanks is the worst start since the nineteen ninety seven season. Yeah. All right. Ninety seven. We all remember what happened. We made the playoffs. It um. It was it was a tough one because if we would have won in ninety seven, then we would have won four in a row, and obviously Sandy Alomar closed his eyes hit a high cutter, and it went right over Paul O'Neill's head, and it was another night to cry. However, <laughs> it was still part of the dynasty. It was still a playoff run, and we want more than that. Um, Eddie, thank you for sharing your Silver Linings playbook on being the 15 this year, hopefully to win the World Series in the history of Major League Baseball after a 5-10 and 10 record. Um, we can all be hopeful now. Uh, and then we can move on to the reality, right? <laughs> what What is the reality here that we want to share with the public, with our fans, with the world? Uh, with the world. Well, let's. Yeah. Well, why don't we? We'll, we'll jump into a few questions quickly yeah. before we. We'll start to spit. Well, let's. We'll talk about some players that maybe we need to kind of like call out here and hold accountable. Uh, so Tommy's got a quick question here: If Bucky Dent was the manager in 1989, or was it Dallas Green? I think it was um, – that's a good question. I'm pretty sure it was Bucky Dent. Dallas Green came after. Yeah, Dallas and there Green was later. firings back and forth too from what I remember. Dallas Green, yeah, I would say it's Bucky. Buck, Buck, Bo, Buck. 
Yeah. Bucky fucking Dent, known in wow. Boston. Jeez. As is known in Boston, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> We're going that route. Uh, and uh, Danny, he was asking if Gio is the new Roger Dorn. Let's not get crazy now, okay? I'm just pointing out that it's a shocking thing. Let's not start I'm, getting into Roger Dorn territory. I'm going to touch on Gio. I, I have uh, – so Daniel is my cousin. Much love. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought up Dallas Green. There you go. Yep, Bucky, then Dallas Green. I, I would like to jump on Gio, not literally – just on uh, on on some things that I have. No, thought you can do about. like Stinger Splash, like La Plancha, or La Plancha, uh, yeah, uh, like Tajeri and all those Hall of Famers. <laughs> so, so may may I may I you know Ed, I, I'd like to respect the boundaries. As you know, I sometimes don't have boundaries, and uh, I need to be in the lines here. So, may I may I talk about Geo for a moment? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So I'd like, you know, I have my own set of awards. I know that you do awards here, but I'd like to give my set of awards tonight. And one award I'd like to call the Ultimate Warrior Award, because for those that have watched WWE, the warrior might have been on steroids. He might have been on PEDs. Or if you watch the Just Too Sweet show with Eric right. and Tim on Tuesday nights. Fine. So there you go. <laughs> I think the ultimate warrior might have been on steroids. And if you look at his promos, I think there's evidence that he was. Oh, you think he might have? You think maybe the ultimate maybe. warrior? Maybe. Oh, listen, okay. I, maybe. Okay. My sources haven't confirmed it, but I'd like to give Gio Urshela the ultimate warrior award, and here's why. Oh, boy. Gio Urshela, ladies and gentlemen, and I called out Robinson Cano. I got laughed at by, by many people, and I was dead on correct that – Robinson Cano was on steroids or PEDs and, and, and there's designer drugs too. So we don't know what they even take anymore because they're probably five steps ahead of, uh, of the testing. But I believe that Gio Urshela is a huge candidate for this topic. Apologies to Gio. And if I'm wrong, but here are the things that smell a little fishy and um, I'm going to share. Go ahead. So one, Gio Urshela was stuck in the minor league since 2009. 2009, Ed, stuck mm -hmm. in the minor leagues. He had 3,387 at-bats, had a lifetime average in his minor leagues, which was extensive, for two, which was 270. He averaged, per season, 6.5 home runs and had an on-base percentage of 306. He comes to the Yankees in 2019 and... Maybe he meets Aaron Judge. Maybe he meets Mike uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Maybe he just got better out of, uh, you know, the same, like my cousin Vinny, the same beans that grew Jack's beanstalk. Maybe that happened. I mean, Who they knows? also, but they've also broke down his hitting mechanics and they've changed overnight. And let's hear that overnight change. In I'm saying they talk, they, no, they've talked about they security in the minor Jerry. leagues, Eddie. Jerry, they've repeatedly talked about him actually getting his lower half into his swing. In being in obscurity since 2009, he comes to the major leagues and that's 314 with 21 home runs, 74 RBIs, and an on-base percentage of 355. Um, maybe. And then the Yankees go ahead and sign them for $4.6 million in a one-year contract arbitration next year. Is it suspect? I don't know. 
but it has a lot of the same fishiness and it does smell like fish. What's this smells like fish as Robinson Cano who had very similar stats before he blew up and got his $29 million contract. So Gio Rochella gets the award. Now the ultimate warrior award is very prestigious. He was champ. He actually had both belts at one time. So he could take the award and put it on his mantle and maybe he just has two belts. Or maybe he comes forward and comes clean and says, yeah, I got my 4.6 mil. I'm good now. And uh, I'm going to go back to obscurity, which is 6.5 home runs a year, 270 average, 305 on base. So right now I'm concerned about Mr. Rochella, Eddie. That's okay. that's my concern. I, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just clearly state I'm absolutely not on this Ultimate Warrior thing. I think they've broken down on yes repeatedly yeah. and showed what the differences in the change of mechanics were there. And that does happen when people can get with other hitting coaches, yeah. change organizations. It's yeah. not like that would not be the first time that's happened. Yeah. But go, yeah, but go yeah. ahead. Share share your other yeah. awards that are here. I can share other awards. All right. I'd love to. I'd love to share other awards. So I'd like to give the Daniel Bryan Award. For those that don't know Daniel Bryan, he was an underdog. No one expected him to do anything, you know, pretty much crazy significant in um, in wrestling. So I'm bringing my own flavor. I believe that wrestling is preposterous and that that business exists and that they are the greatest athletes in the world. So the Daniel Bryan Award of the biggest underdog goes to the Yankee getting Higgy with it, Agashioka. This guy is definitely the underdog that everyone roots for. And you have my word. I do certain things at the stadium, like Puppy Power with Ellsbury and Melky in the past when I screened Melky. Every time that Higashioka comes up, I will do the yes chant for Higashioka. He's the MVP of the team right now, by the way, stat-wise, if you look at it, in 15 games. I'm talking about, I'm talking about offensive? Offensive, yes. Okay. And, and I mean, he uh, also contributes to the pitcher. He does. Who, who uh, was also probably the team MVP at this point. Fine. I'm just saying the guy is the guy to root for. So Higashioka, who is now, I think, the second lowest paid player of the New York Yankees, has won my heart. And I hope he's won your heart too, Eddie. I hope he's won your heart too. I do like Higgy. Yes. I do yes. like Higgy. And I think we should create a fund because he, he actually got a raise from last year to this year with the Yankees, $14,700. All right, let's, let's, let's not get crazy now. Okay, do you have another award before, before we – we get into some other individuals that we're, we're going to take a look at. Yes. And and don't be mad. And don't be mad. I'm not. Okay? Don't keep, the, the, tell them why you're mad. So I have an issue also with chains, Eddie. <laughs> I believe that Major League Baseball players that wear heavy chains, like Clint Frazier, it affects their bat speed. It affects their running. It affects their defense. And I think the hitting coach known as Marcus Thames, which, by the way, Marcus Sims. Sims, Marcus Sims, we know who he is. Hit his, fir hit his first, uh, his first career hit off of uh, Randy Johnson was a home run. We know this. That's awesome, and he also has a lifetime batting average of two forty, I believe, a two forty three. Jerry, if you hit your first career home run off of Randy Johnson, you'd be bragging about it too. Hey, listen, he's batting coach for the Yankees, and the Yankees are like the worst hitting team right now. Either way, right now, um, I think all he has to do, Marcus Thames, is. Tell Clint Frazier to take off the chain. Wow, and he'll, be a better, he'll be a better defender, and he'll be able to hit that fastball he has been hitting. Because right now, 
he's uh, he's getting the Duke the Dumpster Drossy Award. Uh, wow. He is he's in the dumps. He literally has has lost his ability to play baseball defensively, offensively, and he's smiling with his big chain while he does it. Now listen, hey, he's he has the tools. He can be a phenomenal baseball player going forward, but right now it looks like he doesn't give a crap. It really does. He's smirking, he's smiling, he's talking to the catcher. He's wearing a big chain. It flies in his face. He makes an error. He strikes out. Just take off the chain. That's it. Well, let's look at let's. Well, we'll start with Frazier for that. Uh, Frazier's hitting one six one sixty seven uh, on base percentage of two fifty and an OPS of four seventy two. He has still he has zero RBI, zero home runs on the season. Um, he's one player that we chose to highlight out of some of the people that are really really struggling in his offense right now. Pretty disappointing though, because I I do like Clint Frazier. We rooted and, for him a lot. No, I do. I, I still like the kid. I mean, I haven't, like, abandoned the kid. I mean, I, I still like him. And it's pretty exciting that he was going to get – you know, he got the left field job, you know, to start you know to start the season. And it just seems like the team is just dying to get Gardner out there any chance that they can get. But Gardner has played well in there, but you know how it is. Like, to get the kid his first start, you, you they should give him a little bit more time yeah. to settle in. You know what I mean? If you keep pulling him out and putting in Gardner – it does kind of screw with him a little bit. I would have, I would like to see Fraser get some more at bats. Yeah, you know, and to keep going with that. Uh, Tommy, by the way, that. also Tommy also agrees with your chain pet peeve. Horrible as well. Not not a Horrible. not a few not a huge fan of that. Eddie, it takes what is it point seven? I, I don't even know what it is now. All these guys throwing hundred miles an hour. Point five to seven seconds to hit a baseball, and and all the fast. You know, how fast the game is. Why would you wear a five-pound gold chain while you're playing the game? Let Frazier play. Yeah. My man. Yes, Tommy. Let yeah, free, free Clint Frazier. Yeah, let him play. But the point is, is that he's got to take off the chain. That that and then he'll then he'll fly. He'll be red thunder again. Well, Tommy, let, let, I mean, let's let's get into Tommy on another one of Tommy's questions, by the way, because this is something we've talked about in our 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 text chain. Why do the Yankees allow it, but you can't have facial hair? Jerry, what are Jerry? What are your thoughts on that? By the way, where do you stand with the Yankees facial? Well, first off, where do you stand with the Yankees facial hair policy? That that's incredible that you mentioned that. I was just talking about it with my dad this morning. Uh, it's incredible that the Yankees are still on that. I don't believe that it should be completely nothing. I mean, poor Odor. He looks like he the poor guy. I mean, you can tell. He's like, there's a reason why I grew a beard. Look at my, look at me. Like, what are you doing to me? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing to me? You know, his daughter's mad at him. I mean, it's terrible. So I think you should be able to have facial hair, but but clean. I believe that the Yankees, they should be clean cut. I believe in that in business. Don't be a slob. Show up to work clean cut. But if you want a beard, just make sure it's clean cut. A mustache, clean Maintain. cut. Maintain is what you're saying. Maintain it. Just make it clean cut. It's perfectly fine. Just show up as a Yankee. Absolutely fine. And and Tommy's right. How do you not let the facial hair, but you let a 5, 10, 40-pound chain on someone's neck while they're playing the game? It's ridiculous. Okay. And uh, Daniel is also not a huge fan of the uh, yeah. of the chain wearing during, during uh, baseball games. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I'm not saying I'm – I don't know which way I, I feel about the thing. I mean, I could say that it is distracting. I'm not one who wears jewelry, though, so I can't really say, like – you know why you would wear it or not, but 
whatever. I, I do like the facial hair policy on the Yanks. But I also, yeah, if you have a if you do have facial and you want to keep it well maintained, yeah. I also don't have an issue with that either. But that I, um, I mean, uh, sorry, Ed, I've been in the jewelry business for a while, and I've tried on some big chains. I mean, some people said like Jerome the jeweler, like you should. Wow, be, have they? Yeah, they they've had they've said that, and okay. and you know what? I can't imagine playing baseball with these big chains, and some of them are packed with diamonds and they're solid gold. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. I'm just, I, I've, I've worn them. I've taken pictures with them. I haven't been in a rap video, but I definitely Give know. Any video. These chains, these chains are not good for, for the game. They're not. And I should come up with a stat by next show saying when they're humble and they're not wearing chains and they're not making the money, how did they do leading up to getting their big contract? And then after the big contract, when they get the big chain, how they actually decrease in the stats. I should right. come up with some statistics on that. We're going to look forward to that, Jerry. Please yeah. put together some, yes. like for Frazier and some others, pick like yeah. five players and have their pre-chain yeah. and post-chain stats yeah. and, and have that ready for next show. I'm on it. Okay. Yeah. So interesting player to discuss, though, is Giancarlo Stanton, who we've said gets a shitload of booze. I think, honestly, it's any time the guy makes an out doesn't matter what the score is. It's a little ridiculous, right? He he's you know he's got a one seventy six average, two thirty six on base percentage, six oh nine OPS. But interesting fact: twelve RBIs, and he leads the team in RBIs. He, he's obviously contributing, though. That's my point. The point yeah. is he is contributing. Yeah. One guy who's not contributing anything on any level is Aaron Hicks, our yeah. three hitter, who unfortunately is most of the time. Uh, hitting 160, uh, 236 terrible. on base percentage, and a 476 OPS, and um, has not played the best defense that I can say that we've seen out of him. So this, so, has, been, this has been the blasting Aaron Hicks show. I, I'm, I'm well aware of that. Yes. Um, I'd like to um, touch, just touch. Touch. If I may touch, touch in a nice way. No fondling, just touching. Uh, that's fine. All if right. you want to, too, it's it's okay. I don't want to fondle. I don't want to. Okay, fondle. don't fondle then. I will not fondle. All right, that's cool. May I may I continue and not fondle? Uh sure. Okay, so I want to touch on Mr. Stanton. So I'm not putting a plug out there or anything like that. I don't know the owner or anything, but I was in Miami, San Delano Hotel, which when you breathe the smell of that hotel, you want to you want to have relations with, oh, with your significant other. It's a beautiful hotel wow. and everything was going great. I went to, I think the sixth floor, I'm with my wife, I'm smelling the Delano Hotel, it's amazing. I opened the closet in Miami and what do I see? I see Giancarlo Stanton, wow. half naked on a cover of a magazine, okay? In a robe in linen. And that's when I knew that the Yankees were in trouble <laughs> because this man is not concentrating on baseball like he should. And ever since he's been a Yankee, Eddie, I know you don't agree. It's don't. been a bust. It's been a huge bust. I and, mean, and I, I, like to share, I like to share something. So you don't care about the salaries, but I do because I am an investor in the Yankees, and so are you. So I'm we did say, really? You. you are a huge investor. You're more of an investor than I am on the financial side and probably the time side. I'll give you that. But I am in tune. Probably, probably the time side. But I'm in tune with them telepathically. I am. It just go. It's just in my blood. 
Okay. So, so Stanton's 31, right? Yes. Uh, the man is going to make $29 million this year, which shoots up to $32 million in uh, 2025. And then we're stuck with that $32 million until 2029. So if you heard me correctly, we will be with Mike Stanton until the year 2029. And I have to tell you something right now. This guy, with his magazine covers, with his, with his Frankenstein approach to the plate, and I have to say, he kind of looks concerned these days, like he had someone put a needle in his buttocks, and it's bothering him. I don't know if that's the truth or not, but it kind of looks like he's dealing with something like that. And my point is, is that he's the guy. For wow, me, he's the guy for you. My, Wilbur Hicks. Gian, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton wow. is the guy for me. Because this guy is one hard swing away from being out for 60 games. Or, or one hard needle in the buttocks from being suspended for the rest of the season. Oh, God. Here and I know you get mad, but listen. This As I think guy, it's fiasco. You know this. This guy is not a bona fide baseball player. I don't care he's hit 50. He he doesn't run like a baseball player in the outfield. He doesn't look fluid like a baseball player on the field or even when he's running around the bases. And his swing when he connects, oh, yeah, amazing, pure magic on the power side. But this guy sometimes doesn't look like he has a clue. He doesn't even look like a pro sometimes. He's the guy. And for the team, for the, for the, for the fans that are booing him, let him shower. He needs it. He needs that tough love. Because I'm telling you right now, we're stuck with him until 2029. And he's taking your hard-earned money, almost $30-plus million a year. That's insane. One of the worst signings in the history of the New York Yankees. Up there with Carl wow, no. I, I, oh, up there with Carl oh, Provano. No. Up there with Jacoby Ellsbury. No. It's up there. Yeah, we'll talk in 2029. We'll okay, talk. fine. Yeah. He absolutely will. There's no yes. way he's anywhere near any of those two. But let, let's put it this way: his playoffs last year was already way contrib was more than either one of those two contributed combined. It's not even if, it's not even close. What if the Yankees don't win a World Series all the way throughout that time? Let me repeat myself: what he did during the playoffs last year was more productive to the Yankees than anything Carl Provano's entire career. And Jacoby Ellsbury's entire Yankees career combined. Culpable combined. Culpable had ladies. He had ladies. Oh no, Stan, I'm I'm sure he 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 does okay. But either way, that's what I'll, I'll that's bananas. That is fiasco. But whatever. Yeah. Let, let's move on. No. Labor Torres, who we all we both are big fans of. 196 uh -huh. average, 317 on base, 552 OPS. Yeah. And the kid is is battling a lot, dealing with the I'm sure, honestly, though, I think his offense will come around once he relaxes on defense. I kind of yeah. think he's taken it, he's taken his defense to the plate with him, and that's kind of what what I see out of him. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Hundred percent, no, hundred percent. Glaber Torres, that's a guy that I'm not calling any PEDs on or anything like that. He he looks. You're not, just, you're not Justin Verlander. What's that? Justin Verlander tried to call PEDs on Glaber Torres in his rookie year. So you're not Justin Verlander. I didn't even know he did that. He did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's got, that's balls coming from a guy on the Astros. 
Absolutely. Um, so F him and his uh, and his chubby wife. So in any case, <laughs> that's mean. That's mean. He's all right. Whatever. Stop. We'll, Stop. Yeah. She's okay. Anyway, yeah. Justin Verlander, he can get his uh, his arm fixed right now. Other other than that, yeah, Gleyber Torres is a fluid baseball player. He has a chance to be a four tool, right? Four tool player, you'd say maybe even five. I don't know about five, but. As he gets as he gets developed, this is a guy that could be a franchise ball player. Uh, this is one of the reasons why yet I feel that the Yankees, the coaching staff, they're not they didn't have the team ready for this for this 162 game season. There shouldn't be issues with can David Glaber Torres play shortstop. I mean, how do you not put the work in to feel at this point confident to be there? It's looking like he's going through like the motions now, like he's still in spring training or something. Uh, the team has a look on their face like they're just not ready to play the game. And, um, you know, they're, you know, we can dive into a lot of at-bats and everything, but basic baseball, swinging at balls for the fences when no one's playing second base, these shifts that are, like, wide open where you can get something started, the team's averaging what? What do you say was a 210, 216 yeah. on the season? 210 batting average. You know, I mean, you got, you got to have baseball basics pounded into the mindset of your team. You got to have the defense down pat. I mean, this is something that, that happens in spring training. Uh, so I don't know what they were doing over the winter. I don't know what the coaching staff had them like really work on for real um, in, the, in, in, in spring training. Because obviously the two, three innings that you play as a starter, that's mm -hmm. not the real spring training. It's what you do when, when the cameras are off. So it just seemed like the team wasn't ready. It was like, we got talent. It is what it is. I don't know if they, they worked as hard as they should have. They need to be in that basement, just thinking about the opponent tomorrow and like be hungry. They just don't have that killer instinct, that hunger, and and the team that you want to root for. You know what I mean? And I don't want to keep on going here, but when you got guys smiling and they're talking with the catcher and they're kind of looking like they're having a good time, I know let them play is a thing, but not the Yankees, man. You got to be like we're the Yankees. This is unacceptable. You got to you got to come up pissed off. Paul O'Neill, those guys, they were loved because they cared so much. We need that fire. And right now it's not there. So that's I mean, that. I'm not I'm not gonna get into whether the guys care or not. Aaron Judge comes off as a guy to me who cares very much. He's the leader of of the team. He has been Luke Voigt, who unfortunately is on the IL, is another guy who I just I I, I get a feeling that he really cares very much for DJ LeMahieu as well. DJ, I think, is a guy who more leads by leadership, like, hey, listen, like kind of like how Maddenly led. You know what I mean? Like he'd wasn't a, big rah -rah guy. He wasn't a big rah-rah guy, but he let his, his play do the talking. But yeah. going, but talking about Gleyber Torres, though, uh, Tommy mentioning a, a really good point here, which I wanted to bring up, is he needs to make some adjustments. Yeah. Gleyber Torres, like, when he's going well, he can flash the power, but you can see he does adjust his approach with two strikes, which is something we're not seeing this year. Right. Cut down the swing, not swinging for the fences, go for the base hit, take the ball to the opposite field and go to right center. That that's just something that hasn't been. I know he looks like he's shown some flashes of it recently, but it's just it's not a consistent approach. I think it's honestly with him, it's mainly between the ears. I mean, that's really what I'm seeing mm -hmm. from him. That I, I think would be you know a big thing. Uh, I know Tommy doesn't believe that uh, Glaber is a major league shortstop. I think he definitely can be. It's just again, it's more. I just think it's mostly between the ears with Glaber. Yeah, in my opinion, at least. I mean, those throws to to first base where he's kind of like flicking it. And everything. He has the arm strength. It's not like he doesn't, he doesn't have, have the arm confidence. strength. That's what yeah. it is. It's just, yeah, lack of confidence. And 
And when you don't have confidence playing the game, you're done. You're absolutely done. And baseball, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for like football players. Obviously, it's probably the same. But without a doubt, in baseball, at the plate, on the field, forget about it. You have you don't have confidence. It's over. You're going. The ball's going to find you at shortstop. Absolutely. You know, you're going. You're going to. You're going to face five aces in a week. It feels like when you don't have confidence. So right now, it looks like a confidence thing, and and that's and that's something that you know some other players that we know had had dealt with. Uh, like Knobloch and Jamin and everything, and and they went through it. So, you know, hopefully he gets it back because that that's our franchise player, right? Right there, I think Glaber, head and shoulders. Him and Judge are like you build a team around them. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, but we let's get to two more comments though, and then we'll just briefly talk about yeah uh, some others. I know people are fans are out there asking for. Heads to roll and all this other stuff, this other stuff by the five really? 15, five and fifteen starts. Yeah, it's kind of berserk. Uh, Rick Cedres, Martha. Sorry, there's a, a running joke from Granny's Peach Tea. Why did you say that name? Why, Martha? It's, it's it's Rick. Thanks for checking us out. Really appreciate it. Uh, other half of the RJ connection in some softball circles. That's true. That, that are true. that are very much aware. First and um, second. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I think there's something to be said though. Because a lot of people are talking, I you know, hearing on sports talk radio and stuff like fire Boone, fire Cashman, blah blah yeah, blah. This and that. It's it's ridiculous, guys. Listen, the way baseball goes now, it's a collaborative effort. You can't. What do you? You're gonna fire Boone for what exactly? I mean, they obviously are working with him on the lineup. It's Cashman and him working together. Both are not getting fired right now. Let's cut the crap. I don't want to hear the old when George was alive days bullshit that's out there. Stop it. Because back then, as George did a lot of great things, but also George did some real insane things, calling Hideki Rabu fat toad, being one of them. Not like that. Firing, firing Billy Martin a thousand times. That's another one. Yeah, let's not go with the George. Like George Steinbrenner was. Wow. Yeah. Rick Cedras, Empire for Life. RJ in connection. Yes. Yes. Look at this. Look at the heart. I like it. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. Yes. It's um it was a great connection. It probably <laughs> could have rivaled the Eminem boys of 1961 for sure. And the killer bees of Pittsburgh, you know, <laughs> was right there with it. So uh yeah, for those who have experienced the RJ connection, it was special. And uh, I'm 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 sad that you didn't see it. Uh but but again, sorry, you we we uh dipped off for a second here. Uh, yeah, I agree though, Tommy. George would have fired Boone already. There's no question about it, and he would have probably hired Billy Martin's grandson or something like that. I mean, I don't know what he would have done, it's, or the granddaughter. Didn't matter, and anyone that was involved in it. Yeah, it's stop it. Boone's not getting fired. Cut the crap. Yes, if the team's not responding to him after a while, that's his main job right now. I can honestly see where uh, that could come into play eventually. Yeah, that is his job, right? If he's not. Let's see if the lineups and, and all of that is going to be a collaborative effort based on analytics and stuff like that, then you can't hold him completely for that, but he does need to get the maximum amount out of the players. And if he's not doing that, then he can be held accountable. Here's, here's something, here's something to talk about really quick. Um, realizing something with this lineup, 15 games in, and you even go back to like, I know spring training doesn't matter that much, but you know, whatever they're playing games. Yes. Do you know the last time the Yankees scored double digits and won the game? Last um, time the Yankees yeah, won. 
they, they, that they scored double digits with this lineup and actually won the baseball game, including spring training? Uh, probably sometime in 2020, if I'm going to guess right. Last year. Yes, 2020. Last year in Cleveland, they beat them 10-9 in the end of September. And since then, including spring training, and I know that they're not playing nine innings, the starting lineup, and of course, 15 games this year, not once have they scored double digits and won the actual baseball game. And we've Don't lost five in a row now? Five in a row. Uh, yes. Or six. Or six. Yeah. It's getting bad. It's, it's that it's, bad. It, it is bad. It need, there needs to be a turnaround that does need to stop. And I agree with Tommy. It's, you know what it is? Just play. Start playing good baseball. How about that? If they yeah. go out tomorrow night against the Braves and they play a solid game and you can see there's a solid effort there and they get edged out, yes, it's going to be annoying, but you can be like, all right, I can kind of live with that. But when you're stinking up the joint, kicking the ball around the place, throwing the ball around the place, striking out left and right, giving up, you know, tons of uh, runs over there, pitch starting pitches going three and four innings. You're going to, you're going to piss a lot of fans off. Like that's just All bad right. baseball. All right, here we go. So the Yankees are playing the Atlanta Braves the next two games. They're a good team. We all know that they probably have one of the best players in baseball and Acuna. Yankees go down seven in a row. Does Boone get fired? Wow. Um, I mean, I think if it continues, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know what to no, say. No, no. I, I'm I mean, asking because then they play I, Cleveland for four games. If they get swept by Cleveland and Atlanta, now this is crazy if they do, right? But if they get swept by Cleveland and Atlanta, Cleveland and Atlanta, then I think, I think something will happen. Then, if you they think, continue, wow. think about it. They will lose over ten games in a row at that point. So that means by April 26th, if the yes. Yankees get swept in a two-game series with Atlanta and lose four games to Cleveland, yes, by the twenty by by Baltimore by Baltimore series on Monday the 26th, Boone might be gone. If that happens, then we're looking at a a colossal losing streak. Okay, yes. we would be at an 11 game losing streak because it is five in a row right now. Okay. Yes. So we would be looking at a colossal losing streak of yes. ridiculous proportions, a team yes. that is playing awful defense, awful starting pitching, awful on every single level that you can go through, then I think there's a chance. Uh, Tommy's also saying Marcus Timms could go first. Yeah. Maybe that's that's a fair point, though, Tommy. The hitting yeah. coach going first, and then boom, would go right after that. I think this all could have been hindsight's twenty twenty, but if we can go back – what if Mattingly became manager instead of Joe Girardi when they interviewed? What if Mattingly had won that job and he's a hitting coach and he's an actual manager? What happens? Do the Yankees win a World Series in the decade of the 10 to 20? The first time ever since the 1980s, they didn't win a World Series. Don Mattingly could have been our savior. And, and Eddie, we love Don Mattingly. We love Jerry, Jerry, we absolutely love Don Mattingly. He's both of our favorite players, you know, I miss growing him. up and everything. I miss but him every day. I, I'm not going to presume. I miss him here. every day. I'm not going to sit here and pretend Don Mattingly would have birthed another Yankee dynasty over there. During I that think time, he gave birth to the next great Yankee. <laughs> during, during that era, okay, Joe Girardi did a good job. I like, I'm i a Joe Girardi fan. I did like him. But you want to know something? People try to shit on him with Joey Binders, but now you have Aaron Boone who like has blown the binder thing out of out of control. And now people are bitching about him and talking about how much they miss Joe Girardi. 
you can't have it both Boone ways. Binders. Boone double binders. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. But yeah. that's that's just what it is. But let's let's go ahead. Uh, I'm afraid. Let, let's go ahead and just talk about this Yankees Braves 1996 1999 World Series rematch, if you will. Uh, two game set where the uh, Yanks will be welcoming in the Braves. Uh, let's, let's talk about the pitching matchups. We got our old friend Charlie Morton coming in with the Braves to face Jamison Tyone. Actually, they just announced their starting pitches because it actually was the infamous TBA. Yes. The Yanks had announced before yes. that. So we got Tyone going tomorrow. So yes. we'll see how that goes against a very, very good Braves team that's coming in with a yeah. very deep lineup. And then Wednesday night will be Kluber versus Ian Anderson. Yes. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the deal. If Kluber and Tyone is going to give you three or four innings a game, Ed, it's got to change. There's, there's no way that the Yankees could withstand – a big question mark in Kluber, Tyone, uh, obviously Montgomery, and you got four guys basically with Cole that are huge question marks. There's got to be changes that are going to be made. There's no way they could nurse guys like Kluber and Tyone for the entire season going four innings. It's yeah, just, no, I, I, no, I don't, Jerry, I completely agree with you. I, yeah. They can't do it the entire season. Hopefully, this is something that's just for April. I can, but guess what, though? Jerry, would you sign up if Tyone, because you know there seem to be around 80 pitches with him. Let's just say he goes four innings of shutout ball tomorrow. At this point, I think we would even take that. Of four four innings, couple, you know, five strikeouts or whatever, and no runs scored. At this point, we would even take that. Ultimately, well, ultimately, what we would like to see is give us five or six innings. You know, three give me a quality start. Give me if you can give me six innings with three runs or less. We'll take it. The offense has to be able to score more than three fucking runs, man. But this is why this is why that I think people are, if not jumping off the house, they're on the roof. They're like laying on the roof. They're waiting to jump off because this is the low expectation that we have. Just give us four innings. But but I'm just talking it's about horrible. right, guys. I'm talking about five. Hold on, Jerry. I'm talking about five and fifteen. At this point right now, I get, get a win. Get a win right yes. now and just well, get it started. And my question is, when does Tyone Kluber Montgomery consistently go six and, God forbid, seven innings? Is that ever going to happen? You can't throw Montgomery into that. I'm sorry. You cannot throw him into the same category as Corey Kluber and, and Tyone right now. No. Tommy will back me up on this, by the way. He's a Montgomery fan as well. I'm a Montgomery fan as well, but he's – He's got a fragile. He has a fragileness about him, and, it, and it's okay. Listen, I mean, he's they, they're not going to let him. They're not going to air him out. The Yankees are all about that. They're all about protecting the pitchers. This, that. I get it, but I, I don't understand how back in the day these guys could throw and 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 they're fine in their career. It's not like Montgomery's throwing ninety nine and he's blowing out his arm. It's not like Tyone. It, I, I I don't know. I just I just feel like there's a little bit too much pampering. They know Thank better. You. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah. So Monty's good. I get it, but there's a lot of question marks, guys. There's four question marks in the Yankees rotation right now with Cole, and it's a big problem because if you think a bullpen is going to carry you to the World Series, the playoffs, there's no way. There's zero. No, chance. I but no, but I I do agree with you that that is. The yeah. case that they can't maintain this the whole season. I'm just literally talking about yeah. that start tomorrow night and Wednesday night. 
just right now, this turnaround, Fine. very small. Let's start. You got to start something. You got to freaking crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. Let's play a good game, play a good series against the Braves. Then go ahead. You'll face an Indians team that is not the Braves. That's what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, small, small expectations here, but ju just get to that. And the offense just has to hit. It's just yeah. they, they flat out have to hit. The defense just start playing crisper baseball, and that's it. And it does look like there is some pressing going on. There's times where guys are maybe trying to do too much right now, and we've both played sports, Jerry. We know that, unfortunately, that's what happens. There is times yeah. where you just you're try you start trying too hard, you know, and then it's almost like you need to kind of relax and just go play the game and just let it be. Just let your instincts take over and, and just rock with it. There's nothing worse. Go from there. There's nothing worse when you're on a team and my God, it, it's one of those phenomenons in life that I, I hope everyone who has ever played sports like gets gets to experience. And and that's why I think it's so important for just to play sports, like get into a sport because when you're part of a team and everything's clicking, it's like the best feeling in the world. Everyone's hitting, everyone's playing defense. You're all in unison and it's like 18 people doing it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But then when you're playing ball and, and, and eight people are doing bad, somehow another eight people start getting bad too. It's like this crazy phenomenon where it just breeds like contagious, horrible play. And it's definitely true in hitting and, and obviously defense. So it's clear that the Yankees are, are, are with this horrible, contagious, horrible baseball play bug that's, that's in, that's in them. And, uh, you know, it usually starts with someone stepping up. So let's see who steps up tomorrow. Let's see who yeah. steps up, lights a fire in the team and makes it happen. A lot of times it's stopper, it's the pitcher, it's a Garrett Cole, it's an Andy Pettit, it's a Whitey Ford. Let's see who steps up and just says, we got to do this. Step up, get in the basement, only think about your opponent, forget about the rest of your life, and that's it. That, that's it. That's what you got to do. That's why you're getting paid $30 million. If you think you could have a normal life and get paid $30 million, you're out of your mind. Not playing Major League Baseball, you can't. You got to be laser focused, and the fans got to feel that. They got to feel that fire and ferocity that you will do anything it takes to win. And then you'll get the fans back on your side again, straight up. So it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty basic, pretty there. But we yeah. will say though, listen, you got to stick with it. You got to play through it. Uh, you know, as Aaron Boone will say, you know, uh, got to get them in a good place. Um, got to get in a good place, right? But let's just get the fans in a good place, guys. Listen, it's five and fifteen. It's very early. What's let's, that? Um, yeah, it's not. You know, sorry, I keep saying five and fifteen. It's five and ten. I keep thinking, keep mixing up the 15 games played. They're five and ten guys. Let them go ahead and reel it off. You know, start getting hot there. But let's hey, see so what happens. When do you get worried? How many games? We talked about this before. When do you actually start saying, "Holy shit, I'm really worried right now"? If we're going to be a team that's underachieving and not going to make the playoffs. And we need to unload some of these contracts. When do you get there? How many games this year? Not that it's going to happen. We, we, we know the deal, right? We usually talk about around June 15th. Seems to be the, the mark of where we start taking standings a little bit more seriously. But they also can't bury themselves too quick. Right. You, you threw it out there. If they, lose six in a, if they lose the next six games and they've lost 11 games in a row, 
you might start seeing some crazy stuff happen. Like you might start seeing some things getting mixed up. I know I've already talked about a potential first first base replacement, even though I do like Luke Voigt, but he's Oh, he, don't get me don't get me started. No, he he's a, he listen, I like Luke Voigt though, he but he's a DH with a glove. I've already thrown out and it's funny, I was watching Sunday night baseball last night, and then Buster Only was throwing it out there too. Anthony Rizzo. And I've talked to Tommy about this. And I know Ron, if Ron is ever watching this, he's going to lose his mind with that. If the Yankees actually got Anthony Rizzo, Jerry, your father, would probably move back to New York and he would buy season tickets and and and, and love them more than ever he has in his life because he loves Anthony Rizzo that much. Well, no, 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 hold on. I, I want to clear something up. I want to clear something up. Anthony, Anthony Rizzo is my dad's best friend. We're best friends. <laughs> They're best friends, so so clearly, if he became a Yankee, my dad would be happy. Ecstatic, but yeah. he, but I'm just saying he would be an upgrade at first base, yes. and uh, I, on defense tremendously. You can help Glaver Torres. You can help the help the rest he of the infield. That that's like, mm, yeah, just come get it. You know, like it's like yeah, it's two stance. homers last night. Rizzo Great. would be amazing. I'm gonna throw out another name that I know you disagree with. Um, oh God, please don't do it. Please don't do it. What do you mean, please don't do it? Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. By the way, he had one of the best hits yesterday. Or, God, uh, please just say it already, man. All right. So he's uh, he's awesome. He's Joey Votto. Oh, God. And and Joey Votto in Yankee Stadium. And he cannot get shifted on. Oh, if you shift on Joey Votto, he hits the ball where no one's playing. Jerry, it's are you are you advocating for Joey Votto over Anthony Rizzo? I'll take Anthony Rizzo. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, welcome back to reality. Thank you. Right. But if you're going to replace Jay Bruce with Joey Votto, it's not the worst thing. And I and I I hope everyone saw his hit yesterday. There was a shift on him, and he just literally just played Pepper and got a base hit, and that changes the shift. And then they're going to start shifting away, and then Joey Votto might win the MVP. How's that? I I would I don't even know how to react to that. No. No. Never. Uh, I would just. Uh, my point is this: the Cubs are going to be fire selling. They've already said that they're not going to probably sign him and stuff like that. He would be another big lefty to add in the Yankees lineup. He's not a, just an all or nothing guy, and he would tremendously upgrade the defense at first base, especially, which also until helps the shortstop out, helps the third baseman out, helps the second baseman out. We know us as Yankee fans, we know the value yeah. of excellent first base play through Don Mattingly, through Tino Martinez. Even a brief time with John Olrud and Doug McAvich, there I say, and and things like that, wow. and also and also with Mark Teixeira, we, we know the value. Uh, we know the value of excellent first base play. Okay, Anthony Rizzo. If if it comes to that, he would be a. I'm going to throw it out there. Trade candidate for the Yankees, and apparently Buster only is on the save wavelength. Wavelength. I'm I'm excited about that. But we're not right. there. We're still not in panic mode. We're not getting crazy just yet. But if the if that six game if they lose these next six games before the next time we're on, then yeah, we 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 might be having a whole another thing. But all right, let's hold it together there. Let's get off the ledge. Let's do that, Jerry. Thanks for for you know for pinch hitting tonight, as Farachi put it. I, I do love the term. Yes. Uh, you'll be well. You'll be pinch hitting again next week. Uh, We'll be figuring out exactly when that's going to be. We'll work it out. We'll post it on Facebook. We'll let everyone know. So thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Enjoy the baseball there that's coming up. And uh, let's go Yankees. Jerry, got any signing off comments? Yes. Uh, My comments are that um, we shall pray. 
we shall pray to all good things in life that the Yankees will find a way to uh, to turn this around. And assalamualaikum. Wow, that is uh, that's big there. So, yeah. all right. So go ahead if you're on Facebook, like our join our uh, fan page that's there. You'll see all posts. Get into the conversation daily. We talk about lots of different baseball stuff besides the Yankees. And we post daily lineups and stuff like that. So jump in there, share your thoughts. If you're going to the stadium, be safe. If you're, you know, get your vaccination or go ahead and get your COVID test. Danny, thanks for joining the show. We'll talk about it tomorrow night. I'll see you then. And uh, stay safe and let's go Yankees. Later, guys.